Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity in your life, learning the history of hobbies, as well as making a little side hustle out of your hobbies. If you want to find balance in your life and find peace, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rosty. All right, let's get to the show. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? All right, uh, this is going to be the last episode before Thanksgiving. Uh, just want to mention a few things. If you like what you hear on this show, definitely donate to the Square Link. Uh, it can be $1, $5, $25, $2,500. I don't mind. Uh, everything that is donated will go back into the show and for production value and equipment and all that other good stuff. So yeah. All right. So today's episode is on computers, specifically programming. So we often think of uh, programming in terms of electronics and actually something that's more digital, but it really does back in the uh, before the we really got into the digital revolution. Uh, people, th- there were many other ways to program, and we had those wooden. Uh, calculators, and you would put the uh, the pebbles on there to calculate everything, and then they'd multiply it out, and yeah, and even before computers became mainstream and they took up the size of an office room, uh, you still had to feed the uh, the little docu cards into the system and tell it what to do. So it wasn't completely digital. It wasn't like typing on a keyboard at all. And it was very expensive. So once the late 60s came around, uh, NASA had to get computers to the size or at the very least very close to the size of the the home computer not not the laptops but the PCs that were the size of uh, about 13 inch televisions from back in the day if you uh, know those old uh, round uh, televisions sometimes they came with a VCR attached but anyway wait that's that was one of the key uh, pieces that needed to happen in order for the modern-day computer to arrive. So when the late 70s rolled around, you had uh, the original Apple come out, and, and you had a few others as well, such as the Commodore, P.E.T., when the early 80s 
arrived. You had video game companies such as Atari, uh, ColecoVision, and Intellivision. You had those consoles come out, uh, but but slowly but surely, people began to buy home computers, and they saw the innovation and what could have been. So. In the early 80s, you could actually play Dungeons and Dragons on a bulletin board. So it was a very primitive form of the internet. There was no Google or anything like that. It was just very specific uh, for that type of game. And, and at the time, these games were really expensive uh, when you compare them to today's games such as, you know, even the new Spider-Man game on PS5. Yeah, that's like a $60 game, but I think back then it was like $30 or $40 per floppy disk, and the disks were actually floppy, but it was, but when you uh, factor in inflation, you would see that it actually was more expensive to program on those floppy disks and they didn't store that much data and and every single game was 8-bit. But even with this, the games were good. And this actually inspired so many people to go be programmers. When the NES arrived, or e- even further back, uh, Nintendo was on the... Uh, on the uh, ropes at the time. They were struggling to pay rent. They were losing money. And eventually they hire this guy by the name of Shakiro Miyamoto. He is the man that is responsible for creating characters like Mario and Luigi, uh, Donkey Kong, Zelda, Link, Pretty much your favorite character he probably had a role in creating. And, of course, who could forget Pokemon? So, you have all that. Now, now to think that in the 1970s, late 70s, early 80s, that you, know, you could make millions programming was unheard of. Because people at the time were still taking out ads in the phone book for consulting services, plumbing services, electricians, that sort of stuff. And and the idea that, you know, it would ever blow up to what we know of today was just unheard of. So you had uh, DOS, the uh, computing uh, disk operating system. This was the first uh, system where users actually learned to program and you saw many of the very early programmers come up and learn through there, whether that was through a computer science course at college at their respective university, or it was just some 10 year old trying to figure out a new way to hack a game or something like that. Once the mid eighties came around, you had the NES grow in popularity and you had 
the Sega Master System as well. You had Mega Man, and that's another thing. Mega Man was also on DOS, and I think, yeah, this is where everyone uh, learned that programming and learned how to, like, switch off from the keys and instruct the computer uh, what to do. And, yeah, many people were, like, just thrilled by something, even something as simple as a Hello World program, which today we we take for granted. Now, while the NES was growing in popularity, there were still a bunch of kids and people that were just learning how to program. And even before this, uh, in the 1970s, there was only a few dozen people who actually knew how to program a video game for a video game console. It, it was hard work back then because those were the pioneers. But once the mid-80s rolled around, you had the DOS, you had the Commodore 64, you had the Apple II. You had these computers where everyone could learn how to code. It's It was definitely... Probably the most important era that needed to happen so that we could have places like GitHub and Skillshare.com and as well as Code Academy. All right, so let's get into the ads real quickly, even though I'm not sponsored by them. So Skillshare.com, Skillshare.com. That is two months free when you sign up now. So, ladies and gentlemen, this year has been a tough ride. But if you have the skills to weather the storm, you're going to make it. So, sign up on Skillshare.com right now. If you are listening to this podcast, there is no excuse. I've learned my skills of podcasting, audiobook narration, and I even took a little copywriting course. So definitely get on Skillshare.com. You get your first two months free and you can cancel at any time at all. And even if you don't have 10 bucks to spend per month, just go for two. Just go for two and sign up with your email and just learn something. Please, I'm begging you. Okay, also we've got Honey. Ladies and gentlemen... The other week, I used Honey.com to save me 10% on my new website, and it was definitely worth it. So, so don't spend more than you have to. Go to JoinHoney.com right now. Put that on your Chrome browser, Firefox, Oracle, Safari, whatever. It's just two clicks, and, and it's running. And whenever you want to buy something... From let's say Wix.com, or you want to have those new sets of silver, just go to the website, check the promo deals, and apply them on your checkout order. And it's easy as one, two, three. Speaking of saving money and browser extensions, also try Wikibuy. It's very similar to Honey, and that can also save you money. So. Just uh, type Wikibuy in Google or DuckDuckGo and uh, 
just apply it there. Yeah. And finally, we have my website and things. All right, guys, at 12, uh, at midnight tonight, uh, I'm going to post my audiobook and give that to you guys. It's going to be $7.50 on there, so definitely go download it and check it out. You're going to get a free two-minute sample with that video that is going to be attached to it. So you get the little sample if you want to buy or not. So it's going to be perfect for your baseball lover. Once again, this is growing the game. It's the audiobook. It's not on Audible yet. I will do whatever it takes to uh, get that on the uh, website. So definitely go check that out. And if you want to just hop on a Zoom call with me to discuss what you need done for voiceover work, I'm happy to do that too. So log on to RothsteinVoiceovers.com. That is, once again, RothsteinVoiceovers.com. That's my last name. So that's R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N-V-O-I-C-E-O-V-E-R-S.com. All lowercase, no dashes. Log on there now, and let's get back to the show. So, when the 90s came around, when they, when they rolled around, you had the Super Nintendo come out, you, had, you also had the Sega Genesis was out already for a couple years, and the video game industry was booming. Computers, on the other hand, weren't as popular but they were still finding their way into the homes. When the mid-90s rolled around, you had Windows 95, the operating software for most computers at the time. No one... It was still very expensive to have a computer, and most families still didn't have internet access and... and uh, 56K modems was the uh, premium at the time. And you're probably saying to yourself at home, that is ridiculous. 56K modem? No way. No way. But yeah, it was. Uh, and also during the mid-90s, the N64 was out, the PlayStation was out, the Sega Saturn was out. You had these consoles uh, taken away from PC games as well. And no one was really on the PC. It, it, it really was not popular, well, not as popular as the consoles. Because these consoles, these companies had exclusives to their consoles. And, uh, and unless the PC had, like, a really killer app, it, it really was not... Uh, worth buying, and in most cases, they were more expensive. The original, uh, the Apple computer in the uh, 90s, the iMac, was at the time around 1400 bucks. Couches weren't even expensive, that expensive back in the 90s, and and that's like $1,400. I mean, you compare that price uh, to 
today, uh, I actually have a MacBook Air. I'm actually recording this off of a MacBook Air right now, and that cost me about 900 bucks. And even still, I think this is cheaper even when you factor in inflation. I could be wrong about that, but if you, yeah, if you uh, went back to the mid 90s and uh, like just wanted to pick that up, you, it, it was more than $1,400 after you factored in the speakers, the monitors, the keyboard, and the mouse. And it was definitely a very expensive computer. And, and this also turned people away from buying a home computer at first. People, people still were dipping their toes in the water, but for most of what you were getting, you could still just buy a uh, video game system and just go to the local library and use their computer for free. When the 2000s rolled around, computer science courses became began to become more popular and they were making their way into high school classes and more kids were signing up for those courses. Now, I'm not old enough to remember when you actually had to uh, write down on a piece, one of those papers that they had out in the hallway but, I mean, I saw some of the older movies where they did that. Like, you actually had to sign up for the course. But, yeah, that's just a little side note. So, anyway, you had classes such as Python being taught to kids and teenagers. And from there, they would decide whether or not they liked it and if they wanted to pursue a career in it. Now, most people would get turned off because, you know, programming is very hard and most people don't have the patience to stick it out. Now, for some, they definitely got into it. This era was definitely one that helped elevate uh, people to that career of programming and and uh, without it, without this, uh, you never would have uh, gotten people. It, it, programming and video games and, and anything to do with computers would have had a much smaller industry if it never got into the schools. Now, making our way to the modern day age, I actually was in uh, a high school computer programming course it, it didn't work out because our teacher was teaching uh, two classes at once and and I just couldn't learn like that. It's like I need you to go through one course at a time. So I could have had a very different life had that one class just been taught the way it should have been taught. But eh, that's life, I guess. Now, today, anyone can learn how to code from Skillshare.com or Code Academy or anything and actually make some money off of it, you can actually develop an app today for a video game and make a ton of money off of it with passive income. And now you have people coding software programs, uh, I'm sorry, finance programs, and you've got uh, 
these GPS apps, you got Yelp today, and and no one would think of any of this 20 years ago of ha- of like really writing a review uh, and then just having it pop up on an app. 20 years ago, people were still using magazines and television spots to show the reviews. And it was also these food critics as well. Now you can just go on the Yelp app or Grubhub or whatever review is being used and actually see, oh yeah, this restaurant is actually is actually uh, what they say they are and they actually do produce good food and good service. It, it's very crazy because now you can write code in in like 15 minutes, like write actually write a 15 minute program and still make money off of it. it the one, th- the most interesting thing and, and is when it came to uh, credit cards, a, a way to take people's money was actually um, these two guys were in a room. They were showing uh, scandalous pictures of, uh, of women and people. I'm not going to say too much else. But they were showing these pictures, and they wanted to get some money. And there was, and one of the roommates came to the other one and said, "Hey, buddy, we have all of this stuff that people want to see, and we can't take their money. How are we going to do this?" And then the other roommate said, uh, "Yeah, give me a minute or so." And then fifteen minutes later. He writes the code for taking credit card payments. And 15 minutes, 15 minutes, he did that because he was so motivated to get paid. And today, uh, you can go on sites such as mine and just pay with PayPal and your credit card, a debit card rather, and, and just buy what you want from anywhere and you don't even have to leave your house all thanks to that guy whatever his name was i actually don't know that so that covers the history now let's talk about you if you want to get into programming definitely go do that once again the resources skillshare.com code academy and then there's free code camp and, and that actually takes you into their web development uh training course and it's free and you actually do learn how to code in that stuff and you can become a web developer overnight well not overnight but in a very short amount of time and yeah and you can like move up and pay grade now maybe i'll actually go back to that at one point and actually code again but yeah there's actually almost no reason for web development uh, unless you want to get really specific. But even then, people still find ways around it. Uh, I actually used a, a drag and drop site for my website because I didn't really need anything specific. Now, if you want to put a game on your website uh, to actually just play, you, you may want to just code that out 
and just let people do their thing. And also for some graphical use. So definitely, if you're going to uh, have a game that's playable on a website, definitely code that. But yeah, that's just my take. Now, GitHub, I'm not sure if they have a subscription plan or anything like that, but you can definitely join there if you want to learn how to do that. And once you've built up your skill of programming, whatever language that is, C++, Java, JavaScript, whatever, you can definitely go find someone that needs you on sites such as Upwork or Fiverr. So, yeah, it is definitely a great skill to learn of how to code. And even though it may seem that we are uh, just rounding the turn and we're not really, we don't really need it as much anymore. And you can just copy and paste code and all that stuff. It's definitely still something you should know, at least a little bit. I know at least a little bit about it and I can make what I want as well. I mean, I could definitely write Hello World and do a for loop and all that stuff. But yeah. And remember, everyone starts slow. So so find your groove. Uh, get on Upwork. Also, go to my website. And I'll leave a link in that in the show notes. And you can download the uh, Upwork resume template uh, for free on my website. So definitely go check that out. Now, computer programming is more than a hobby. Certainly. Don't kid yourself. I mean, it's fun to code. It's fun to make games. And in some cases, it's even fun to make a finance program. You can come up with whatever you want. You can distribute a game for free or and make a portfolio. Definitely. But writing software, uh, making software is definitely the greatest uh, path or that I've seen or the most revolutionary path to making passive income. Now, remember, nothing comes easy. You have to work for it. But when you have software that you advertise every day, uh, when you have an actual product that people want, yeah, you're going to make money from it. Don't, yeah, 100%. Now, it, I don't consider this passive income because you still need to advertise and you still need to do a lot of work to get it to be passive income. So unless people know who you are, unless you are a Pat Flynn or a Gary Vee or Joe Rogan, if someone knows who you are, yeah, so unless someone knows who you are, they will, I mean, they're not going to just float to your website. They still need to know who you are. So definitely take out an ad uh, or f- go pay to buy some ads and uh, hopefully people can come to your website or wherever you're selling the software. Now, if you don't own a computer, if you are listening to this on your home PC or something and you are just some kid without their laptop, I mean, I'm going to tell you a little something else. Uh, 
There is a computer called the Pinebook Pro. It is two hundred bucks. Uh, you can buy it from Pine64.com, and this is definitely a great laptop to get started. So this is an ARM-based uh, laptop. It's it runs Linux, and for two hundred dollars, you're thinking that you just bought a MacBook. Or for for what it's worth, it's definitely worth the money. Heck, some microphones cost more than $200. And you have a built-in microphone, you've got an actual laptop camera on it, and it's definitely running what it needs to do to run. Now, I believe since it uses Linux, you're going to have to update it and you're going to have to manipulate that. But if you really want to hone your skills, this is definitely a great laptop to start for a cheap price. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, that's great and all, but how do I learn all of this um, from, like, where do I begin? I mean, I don't know the first thing of just where to go or what I need to download. Well, just download... There are many other resources. Um, you can definitely download Java and install that to your computer and give it a few minutes, go run through it, uh, click yes, click agree, whatever. And and it's very easy to install. There are definitely YouTube videos if you don't want to pay the Skillshare price. But yeah, go even go on YouTube as well. You can definitely find uh, these courses and learn about arrays and and doing do while loops and and it's you you can actually in fact I'll I'll make this to you you can probably learn all of that for free on YouTube but the only thing with doing it on YouTube is you have to go dig and that's very time consuming but if you have it this with Skillshare uh you know, it's more, it flows a lot more easy and you're not, you know, wasting time trying to dig up uh, new things on YouTube or to even get those tips and tricks. Now, if you are truly a beginner to all this programming and computer coding, I would say that you should definitely start with Python. It's a very easy language to pick up. It's not, you don't have to worry about the syntax as much as Java when you do start your programming. And, and actually a lot of elementary schoolers start with this now. And I'm not sure what they're doing now in elementary school in regards to uh, coding, but, but I have definitely heard that they started with that. And so definitely download that. Uh, and Go pick up a book on Python and you'll definitely uh, just learn a little something about it. And just just start by copying some code, some examples of code, and just see how this works. And, and it's not going to be as overwhelming if you're just going to just hit, if you're just going to uh, put your feet down and then just start running. No, no. You need to walk before you can run. And, you know, once you build up your skills enough, you're going to be able to run. And then 
you're going to be able to fly with your skill set. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I thank you for listening to another episode of the Blue Oasis podcast. Uh, Once again, please consider donating. The link is in the show notes. And please give this a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to. Uh, Five stars. Write me a review and share the show with a few people. Hey, if they want to learn a little bit about programming history, starting their own side hustle and doing their own thing and making a little income from that, definitely share this show with them because, you know, we need more people making an income for themselves in this world. And I do believe you're going to see a lot more problems resolved when you do have more entrepreneurs and people just making more with their side hustle. And that definitely alleviates some problems, believe me. An extra 10 bucks a day is an extra lunch in my mind, or I would consider that. And 10 bucks can go a lot, a lot farther than you think. So definitely, uh, if you like what you hear here, uh, click that donation link. Uh, You can be a one-time donor. You can be a monthly donor. But, yeah, uh, I guess that's all for now. Uh, Definitely subscribe, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, Go hug your family. Go hug your mom, your dad, your wife, your brother, your cousin, whatever, Uh, your sister. I don't know. But... Whoever's in your life right now, go hug them. Go and just let them know that you love them. So until the next time, stay safe, stay great, and I'll talk to you then.